couple days, Alex. We just finished up with some U.S. World Cup qualifiers. We're going to break those down. I am uh, officially in the COVID protocol. Um, I tested negative, but a um, little under the weather here, so you might hear that a little bit <clears throat> in my voice throughout the episode, but just bear with me. Um, I'm a little bit under the weather, but we have a lot to be happy about today, Alex, because the U.S. men's national team is once again back in the World Cup. Yeah, but if you went on social media, some will tell you that it's you know, the world is ending the way we you know we lost to Costa Rica last night 2 nothing. Listen, when you qual- World Cup qualifiers are not a uh, a beauty pageant like you get an A B C D. It's pass or fail. Tony Biala said that on the Series X seven. That's all this is: pass or fail. And guess what? The United States passed. Greg Berhalter gets passes. He was brought in to change the culture. Get us into the World Cup exactly what he did. Whether he come first, second, or third. Uh, I see people on social media. Oh, my God. What were you do for World Cup draw? We're in pop B no matter what happened. This is going back to the stupid compilator formula for FIFA. Whether we win, lose, or draw against Costa Rica, we're getting out of pop B. So the play that game we'll talk about later, you know, to, win, to go all out to win that game was kind of fruitless. But anyway, they qualified for the first time, you know, in eight years. And, you know, this is the last time this crazy uh, CONCACAF qualifier because in four years from now, they're going to ho- co-host the World Cup. And after that, it's going to go six years. Can't, you can't miss when you're guaranteed, Alex. And then after that, four years after that, CONCACAF now gets six bids when the World Cup goes to 48 teams from yeah. 32. So uh, the days of this crazy going to uh, the, 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 the hex or the octagon or whatever the hell you want to call it, the the, the – the, the high grass, the 100-degree temperature on a Wednesday afternoon on Honduras, those days of getting points and qualifications is over. It's a great job at his young son, the youngest United States team ever to make the World Cup. Another yeah. great job at Greg Berhalter incorporating the youth and getting us back into the world picture. Absolutely, and that, that's kind of one of the things I think when I look around at some of the other teams that qualified, Canada on a fantastic run, but a lot of their star players are 30 years and older. I think their captain is like 36 or 37 years old. Um, they don't have what the United States has. The United States is building something for the next 10 years. A lot of these players, you're going to know being on this team. Yunez Musa, 10 years he's going to be on this team. You have uh, Reyna, he, who's, what is he, 18 or 19 years old. It's just so much to be excited about. And, and again, I will uh, knock... Major League Soccer Twitter all week long. I read an article that gave Pulisic after his uh, three-goal uh, game in the win over Panama, like a, an 8.5 rating. Like, come on, guys. Let's get happy about this. It's something to be excited about. It's going to gain soccer fans around the world. It's going to gain soccer fans in this country. It's going to help advance soccer culture. Were any of these games uh, games that you particularly wanted to break down? We tied Mexico, lost two zip to Costa Rica last night, and just beat the pants off of Panama five one. Um, anything there that you really wanted to talk? Well, about? you know, going into the game, you know, going into those these the last three games, we were in second place. Uh, you know, Panama, uh, Costa Rica, Mexico uh, were fighting for the last uh, the three guaranteed spots, and the fourth gets a playoff game against like, New Zealand one today, so they'll be playing New Zealand, and we're all trying to avoid that. For the longest time, it looked like it was going to be between Panama and Mexico, United States for that fourth spot. Costa Rica started the qualification real bad. They had trouble goal scoring. However, as the time went on, Panama started struggling. Costa Rica getting results at home, uh, not giving up goals because they have uh, one of the best goalies on the planet, uh, Navas. And in the end, uh, to set this up, the United States uh, played at Mexico. The last three games are at Mexico, home, Panama, and at Costa Rica. Arguably three difficult games. They walked away with four points after this. And each game set up what they had to do for the next game. The first game was at Mexico, where they've never won at Azteca, I do believe. And 
to get a 0-0 result there is pretty good, even though they had only had 37% possession. They were the better team in Mexico. Hulsic had a, a great chance. Point Blake stopped by Ochoa. And, and P. Folk missed a sitter in the second half right in front. That, you know, it should have been 2-0 United States. Again, you get the point there. That was a very important point on the road. That sets you up the, the, the home game in Panama and Orlando, which was game two. Basically, you get the win here. You're basically in the World Cup. Uh, U.S., the first 10 minutes look a little slow, a little sluggish. However, Christian Pulisic with a couple penalties and a, and, a, and a highlight reel goal, his third one, 5-1 blasting, ending Panama's World Cup run, putting the United States in. Basically, all they had to do basically uh, going into the last game is not lose to Costa Rica by six goals. That was the whole point. And to get to World Cup, I know they they started main, main, um, the main guys going into the last game of Costa Rica, but listen, they are basically in. There's really nothing they play for. Their whole point was not just to give up six goals, even though they lost two nothing. It was the only game out of the three they actually had more than fifty percent possession. They had chances. You know, Robinson had a good chance in the first half. Uh, uh, Pepe had a nice shot, yeah. but they they they, were, they knew they were basically in. Costa Rica wasn't play, wasn't going to score six goals with all their backups, and they had seven, I think seven to nine guys with yellow card accumulation. Yeah. And if they had one more yellow card, they could have played a New Zealand game, which is way more important for Costa Rica to get the World Cup. Their B team came in. Yes, the United States looked the other way. Two nothing Costa Rica. Everybody's happy. U.S. advances. Costa Rica gets to play New Zealand in the World uh, Playoff game, which uh, you know. Three games World Cup classical didn't look like it was possible. Mexico beats El Salvador two nothing. They're in, and Canada wins the group. Everybody's happy. Absolutely, I, I really am the most interested in Panama because that's what happened when that's the one this team that offense left out, clicked. Yeah. This offense yeah. clicked five goals. Um, you had Paul Ariola a goal and an assist. I know a lot of people lost their minds that he was in the starting lineup, but you know, kind of proved everyone right. Jesus Ferreira, obviously not our our first option as you know the number nine. But man, he has some speed, and, and he I, he showed it in this game. He showed that he is the fastest player on the field. He had a couple chances that we were were absolutely near misses. Uh, Chris Pulisic looked fantastic. Luca Della Torre is someone that I have not heard enough people talk about. I think he was fantastic in this matchup. Yunez Musa, Tyler Adams as a tandem is is just been lights out in this game against Panama. We're going to talk a little bit later on. Um, some major league soccer players made a big, um, big steps in this game, uh, and you know that includes Annabel Godoy getting what two uh, two penalties on uh, handballs for you know. Putting his putting his hands on other people's faces, uh, he he was kind of the goat for Panama in this game. Um, a, a lot to love about this U.S. men's window. We we break them down every time uh, we we see those matches, and I think that this is a good step. We're in the World Cup. Just celebrate. Be happy. Don't don't well, don't look at the. I've been saying I've been saying this. I've been saying this. I've been saying this since before we even qualified. This team is geared for four years from now when we host the World Cup. This when they're 18 year olds or 23. Now you're starting into your prime years. This team, anyone's expecting this team to make noise in the World Cup? I'm sorry. It all depends on the draw. Yes. Are we looking to get out of the first round into the group stage? Yes, that's the goal. But it's luck of the draw. I mean, we're, we're in the same pot as Argentina. I mean, who, who, I don't know what FIFA's thinking there. We're not, we're not as good as, or Germany, I do believe, is in pot B. Come on, man. Seriously. So now it's all luck of the draw. And what happens? You want to get out of the first. You want to get out of the group stage and get into the knockout round, and that's the whole goal here. If we're holders, not do that. It's not a failed thing. His purpose was to get us to World Cup, and now he did it. Now we're going to talk about it a little later. Is there holes? The things he needs to work on before we get to Qatar? Absolutely. We're going to talk about that a little later. But Berhalter came in. You can say what you want. About Sometimes his tactics scratch your head. Lineup. You don't know what's going to happen. Listen, he didn't have Sergio Dest here. He didn't have Weston McKinney here. Gio Reyna missed a lot of the qualifiers. He was out. Yeah. Brandon Anderson was hurt. 
He did, and the depth showed, bringing in the young guys, showing confidence they could step in when another guy was out, and a great job at Burhalter. Listen, I'm going to give him a B plus to even an A minus a job that he's done to getting this team back into the World Cup. I I would agree. Now there again, there's there's holes. This is not the perfect team, but we, we could use wingers. We could use another left back. Did he you know, yeah. use in every oh, match that have never played in a World Cup qualifier yeah. before. Yeah. Basically everyone. This is basically a new team being to put together. I'm optimistic. I like what I see. And uh, we're going to get into some Major League Soccer now. But I, I, be happy. Just smile. Smile Listen, for he, once. He, he's, it, it doesn't start till November, the World Cup. We got, the, I think, the Nations League is going on this summer. Burlter's got a lot of time to figure out who's our number nine up front. Who's going who's to be backup left back? Who's going to be, you know, uh, we need another winger. Absolutely, or on the right side after Ariola is it Aronson? Who's it going to be? Weah, somebody like that. I mean, you know, we didn't, we ha- really haven't had all our key young guys together on the field together. There's always been an injury or a slump or something going on. And it's exciting to see Brother's got some options. He's now he's got a little time to tinker. You know, then remember the beginning of the when he first came in, he had that hybrid system playing Tyler Rams right back, then left midfield. No, yeah, yeah, he changed. Yeah. And look, he saw it didn't work. He changed. Great job at Burhalter. He brought, he changed to what we, what, you know, an exciting little exciting type of brand soccer we have here. We can press. We can run. Good job, Burhalter. Uh, not, the future's but nothing but bright for the United States. You should be really excited about it. Yes. Do we want to play attractive soccer like Barcelona, Tiki Taki, like they do? Yes, we all do. It's not. It's not going to happen. But listen, we're going in the right direction. Let's see what could happen. And I think more importantly, they they proved that they can play against different play styles. Like every team in Concacaf has basically a different play style. And, yes, and you know they, d- they did not have possession and still won the games because they had excellent, excellent uh, shots, opportunities. You had uh, Jedi making beautiful crosses into the forwards. You had uh, last night against Costa Rica, who I think played maybe the best out of all three teams that we played this cycle. Uh, the pressure was so intense the whole time, and they still were able to hold possession, make smart passes, and get out of trouble when they were pressed high. So I, I really like that they had different play styles that they played against and came out yep. again. The goal is to make make it to the party. They were invited. Yeah, we're, we're, the invite should be in the mail, and tomorrow we're going to see what. Yeah, we're 12 o'clock is the draw there. And one thing we said about different styles, Berhalter said today they're looking to play some you know exhibition games or you know before the World Cup. They're going to play an Asian team. They're going to try to schedule an African team to get a little practice to get into you know into World Cup. Because uh, most likely in the in the pot, you're going to get an Asian team. You're going to get an African team. The United States has not had much experience in the last two years with this young group playing play teams like that. So I'm interested to see what kind of uh, games U.S. Soccer Federation can set up to set us up to get it to to try to get us a successful run in Qatar. And that's absolutely. Is it, you know, again, the Bob, maybe you no know better thing, than me. There's no maybe such thing as a friendly me. against Ghana. The, uh, these I, teams are going to come for us. I always keep forgetting this. Is it Qatar or Qatar? Someone needs to correct. I think it's Qatar. I always say Qatar. I think you're supposed to say Qatar. I say Qatar. I, I don't know. I think Al- it's supposed to be Alex, Qatar. Would this but... be the first time we pronounce something wrong on this no, podcast? No, but I, if you okay. listen out there, let me know. I think it's Qatar, but I keep saying Qatar. Anyway. So let's talk about some betting picks. The I-80 Sports Toll Booth, where you can find the best bets of the week. Now, these are some hard picks this week because yes. a lot of players might be back in time, might not be back in time. Players called up on international breaks. We do have a couple players suspended this week, a couple players injured that we know are going to miss some time. 
So we got to play this as it goes, and this is subject to change. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at I80 underscore sports. We send a graphic out every Saturday morning that's going to let you know our final picks as they're locked in. But if you go to ID Sports right now, you can see my article, which just dropped this afternoon and lets you know my top four picks of the week. Thank you, brother. Uh, BKL says it's it's pronounced Qatar, but he he typed it, so we we don't. It's Cutter. How it's <laughs> it's Cutter. Okay, thank you. That's <laughs> the failure of the week. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Let's get into some sportsbook picks. That's why we are here. First match that I wanted to get into is FC Cincinnati. They host FC Montreal. My pick is FC Cincinnati at home plus one thirty. Alex, three weeks ago, I never saw myself taking FC Cincinnati as a confidence pick in MLS, but I guess here we are. Cincinnati, mixed bag of results. They got destroyed. They got pantsed 5-0 to Austin first week of the season, but then they beat Orlando. They beat Inter-Miami. Not two excellent teams, but you have some mixed opponents there. Um, This squad is really nothing special, but they have the ability to beat bad teams. And Alex, would you classify CF Montreal right now as a bad team? I wouldn't go that far, but... Uh, seems like we're talking a lot about betting in Cincinnati this year than last year. We were always going against them. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know about this game. Cincinnati, to me, every time I think they're the worst team in the league, all of a sudden, like you just said, they beat Orlando, which I didn't see coming. Inter-Miami, to me, is, right now is the worst team in the league. Uh, it's a tough spot, but they're home getting plus money. Every time I see a home team getting plus money, I got to yeah. think about it. Why not? I can see you going at this. I, there's other games I would probably look at if I'm looking to make some money. But if I'm going to choose between one or the other, I would probably take Cincinnati here. Again, Montreal, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, they have the Champions League curse going on. That, that, that to me is the question, is is yeah. what's going on in Montreal? Because when I look at players, they're missing. Georgia Mihalovic is playing guys. well. Uh, Georgia Mihalovic is playing is. well for them, very well. But, uh, you know, the, traveling again, Montreal, uh, the Champions League curse, I'm going to say this is – they might. They're not as bad as I think. You know the record shows, but this is the week where I probably I, I'll probably agree with you on this in Cincinnati. If anything, maybe a double chance. But I, I'm I I would look at other games if I'm looking to make some money. But so I'm looking here, and one of the reasons why is because um, when I look at this team, I see Montreal. They have seven uh, 18 players with at least 70 minutes. That to me just points to heavy squad rotation. I do think Montreal is going to get it going. I do think they have a more talented squad. But right now, I don't know what formation to expect. I don't know what starters to expect. And with Cincinnati, you know what you're getting. You know, um, one of my favorite stats for Cincinnati is their opportune scoring. They have five goals scored and 10 goals against. However, they have a two and three record. That doesn't make any sense how that happens. And it's really because when their defense collapses, they give up five goals. You know, um, they've been able to pour it on this season with 66 shots taken which is second in Major League Soccer. So they have the firepower. They need a little more luck and a little better finishing, but it's absolutely able to happen. I don't think CF Montreal can handle this type of pressure. Their bottom three with only 26 tackles in the defensive third. It's like a third of what it should be at this point in the season. Um, And uh, they're allowing 68 shots against. Both are bottom five in Major League Soccer. I think uh, uh, Cincinnati is going to outshoot Montreal. And if a couple of those Brandon Vasquez uh, bullets make it into the top corner, then I think we have a really good chance to make some money at a home favorite this week. Yeah, like I said, when you see a home favorite getting plus money, you you have to think about it. Now, I want to take a heavy, heavy away um, underdog. 
with my next pick, and that's the Columbus Crew hosting Nashville SC, taking Nashville SC plus three ten. Alex, that's money that I cannot turn away but from. The odds, I don't understand the odds. This, the, the odds are way too high with Zella Ryan being out. If he's out, and I understand he's out, he looks out. Yeah, then I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand how this is. This is just plus three ten. Natural. I mean, that's so, Nashville. Columbus is playing well. Yeah, but Columbus is playing well. Listen, but the best player, the best player on the field is not playing, which is Zella Ryan. You have to go with the other team, even though Columbus is home. When I see plus three ten, and the best player for the other team is not playing, well, I'm going to explain it to you, Alex. Yeah. I'm going to explain it to you. And here's what's going on with with Nashville. Um, they've been hot and cold, and they start with eight away games to start the season. So you you, yep. you can't win eight games. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. They're also playing against all these West Coast teams that they don't have a lot of experience against. Not this week. This week they play Columbus Crew, a team that they are very familiar with. Um, you do have Walker Zimmerman, who just uh, played a whole bunch for the U.S. Men's National Team, and I think some people don't think he's going to make an appearance. I don't know whether he'll be available for this game. But I would say have- probably not. You Probably also have not. Annabelle Godoy, who's been very good for Nashville, have a miserable, miserable time of World Cup qualifiers. Again, he was responsible for those two handballs that uh, Christian Pulisic uh, scored um, from the spot there. So I, I think there's a little bit of that going on. Dax McCarty suspended. Now, Dax McCarty, league replacement value at this point. I don't think he's really got anything special. So there are some holes in defense in midfield for this Nashville team. But when you look up top, Henny Mukhtar, Teal Boonberry, Randall Leal, Alex Mawila looks like he's going to step in for Dax McCarty. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, we know about his work rate and how he fits into a squad. If he's in the center of the field, maybe he has a little something to bring there. I, I really like Nashville, but I do see the question marks here. At plus 310, the, 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 the rule has to be plus 310 on Nashville, take Nashville. Yeah, I almost, I almost was going to take the draw on this one, the way Nashville draws. But when Zella Ryan's not there, I'm not touching Columbus on this game. So if anything, I'm doing a double chance Nashville, or I'm taking Nashville straight up, or doing a, uh, the tie. But I'm not touching Columbus in this game until Zella Ryan's out. I'm not saying Columbus can't win without Zella Ryan, but they're a totally different team. Uh, Four goals Zella and Ryan. one assist. He's the player of the month in MLS. I mean, he's not there. So and Nashville you know, have a couple of results that didn't go their way on the, uh, on the road. Unlike them, this is the match where they get plus 310. Why not? Put a little something on Nashville, at least, or look at the draw is my advice to everybody. My next pick is San Jose hosting Austin FC. I'm taking Austin FC at plus 180. San Jose, one of my early season disappointments. They've only scored four goals. Um, Three of them were against Columbus, and they've conceded nine times already. To make matters worse, the Quakes have no goals in their last two games. Austin, on the other hand, has been up and down, very unpredictable. They scored 10 in their first two games uh, before being limited to just one in their last two matches. To be fair, those opponents were Timbers and Sounders, perennial MLS Cup finalists. That is not where the San Jose Quakes stand today. I think this is a, uh, a solid team in San Jose who's had a little bit of bad luck early against a team in Austin FC. They're not a good team yet. But they're feisty. They'll kick you in the knees and they'll put some goals on that. I really like Austin FC at plus 180 here. Yeah, Almeida doesn't want to be here. I mean, San Jose, there's something going on over there. He doesn't want to be here. Uh, but me, Austin, to me, I like taking Austin when they're home this year. To me, I'm going to look at Austin when they're home and on the road. I'm not going to look at them. But since San, San Jose is just, I, I can't make them out right now. They can't score. Almeida looks miserable on the sideline. 
I don't know about this. Again, I wouldn't take Austin on the road, but the way San Jose is dysfunctional makes you want to think about it. Again, I can now, see what you're doing here. Here's just how dysfunctional they are. But I, okay. I can see why so, you're doing this, but yeah. Austin, 7.7 expected goals on 64 shots. That's fifth in the Major League Soccer and fifth in Major League Soccer back-to-back. I almost said the Major League Soccer. That, that's terrible. Actually, we don't want to say that here. In comparison, San Jose, 2.6 expected goals on 32 shots, 28th and 27th in Major League Soccer out of 28 teams. That's really, really bad. To make things work for San Jose, this backline is decimated. They ran a 3-4-3 out of necessity last week with Jackson Uel at center back in this match. They do get Francisco Calvo back from international duty. Um, he did sit against in Costa Rica against the United States, so I think he will get a start here. But I'm not sure if that's a positive or a negative at this point in Francisco Calvo's career. He's been a walking red card and just easy to turn around like a turnstile. So I think right here with this defense absolutely decimated for uh, the San Jose Quakes, Austin FC should have an easy week. I could see this being an, an another multi-goal, maybe two, three, four goals, and I, I really like that pick. Yeah, I see what you're doing here, but I, me betting wise, I, I don't like taking Austin on the road till I see a little more. But the dysfunction, like we just talked about, San Jose, I can see why I do that. If I had to pick one or two, I would probably go with Austin. Absolutely, brother BKL says uh, Austin FC, San Jose are nobody. I do agree, but they do have some somebodies on that squad. I I, I, I don't want to underestimate them. A lot of these teams that I'm picking on this week aren't teams I don't like. They're just teams that aren't in aren't in great form aren't in great form. And I know the next game uh, that I have picked out, Alex is going to disagree with me because I am taking LA Galaxy plus 195 at Portland Timbers. That is not heavy, necessarily heavy money. Not necessarily. Well, let me sell you. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against you. What, what, what's going on with Portland and the Andy Polo situation? It seems to be a great cloud in the background. And, I, you know, it could affect the performance on the field and the, and the fans are exactly exuberant as the usual Portland crowd. To me, as an outsider seeing it, so that's why I would see why you're taking LA Galaxy on the road. Again, I would usually never take a team going into Portland. But Portland has not been Portland the last couple of years at home they used to be. So I can see why you're doing this. Now, to add to Portland's issues, um, which have been a little bit on the defensive side of the ball so far this year, they will be without uh, Van Rankin. Jose Van Rankin is out on a red card. And Bill Tuiloma will likely miss. I think he has a game either last night or tonight. Um, with New Zealand, he got called up. I can't see him they making be, the trip back, back and being yeah. available. So I definitely want to pick on them here on a team that I really think Galaxy can, can really come out and punch them in the nose. Um, Galaxy can win this matchup if their top players play like top players. Chicharito leads the league 15 shots. Eight of those are on target. He's an undisputed target man in this league, and he loves to see when starting defenses uh, are unavailable. He, he likes what's going to be going on there in Portland this week. It looks like you're going to have Zach McGraw and Claudio Bravo play in the center of the pitch. That's, I think, a place where he can he can kind of pick on the other team. Um, he's getting great service this year. Diego Costo has looked brilliant. It hasn't quite shown up on the score sheet just yet. I think he has one, ass- one goal, no assists. That's going to change pretty quickly. Uh, but you have Diego Costa, Julian Araujo, Raheem Edwards, two assists on this season, playing excellent ball for LA Galaxy. I just think that uh, they have a very favorable matchup. I don't think LA Galaxy is necessarily better than Portland. They have their work cut out if they're going to get an away win in this one. But at plus 195, um, I don't know what odds would push me to the Portland side, but 195 absolutely has my eye on LA Galaxy. Yeah, until I see Sebastian Blanco getting 90 minutes for Portland, um, 
you know, I know the Chargers were doing great, you know, the Mr. Bicycle Kick, but I don't – Portland, to me, I just got a little something. I, I need to see a little more before I start putting my money on it. This is a game – Chicharito's rested. He hasn't played any international games. Diego Costa, no international duty, should be rested. Costa looking to get in better shape. I could see why you could take LA Galaxy this game. And, again, Portland has a little controversy off the field. Why not? Let's take LA Galaxy this one, especially when you got plus money on this. Alex, let's talk about your picks because you have uh, usually we have at least one or two picks overlap, but you have a, a full slate. Yeah, of I was here. gonna take I was gonna take the uh, LA Galaxy over Portland, but I backed out. Uh, the games I like, I'm gonna take Colorado over Rail. So like Rail Select has ten guys out. Now, this is a rivalry game, but Colorado's at home. When usually Colorado Rail so like home, I usually look at those teams thing. There's a rivalry game. Rail Select has ten gay, ten guys out. I know that really they the one of the surprise teams doing great. I'm going to take Colorado home with this one, plus uh, minus 145. Again, Philadelphia at home over Charlotte. Charlotte with a huge win last week. I get what they beat New England before the break. Uh, do you believe? So now they're going on the road at Philadelphia. Listen, going into Philadelphia for anybody is a tough team, especially a new team in MLS. Uh, the odds are really high, and it's minus 230, but I wanted to get a win on them. I wanted to – the, the, the odds this week of the game are kind lock. of tricky. Yeah, kind of tricky. Don't forget, we didn't even mention this. Don't forget next Wednesday, Champions League – Seattle hosts New York City FC, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to touch those games, even though I do have New York City here coming up, because the following weekend they are both off. So I do believe this weekend they may not play the full the, the full roster, because Wednesday night is really priority for Seattle and New York uh, City, the first of two games for their semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, but I'm still taking NYCFC over uh, plus 110 on the road at Toronto. NYCFC is going to be rested some guys, but I still like what they have. They're, they have a de very deep roster. Toronto, to me, I don't like what's going on. Pazuelo needs to show me more. Bradley's getting too old. I don't know. What's, I mean, they need goal scoring up front until the Italian shows up in Signe. I don't like what's going on in Toronto. And finally, we just talked about this. I'm agreeing with you. Just, I'm taking National Wave uh, plus 310. No Zella Ryan. Odds are plus 310. Come on, man. You got you're, you're basically asking me to put money down for National when I see that. I have to do it. have to do it. So, again. Both of us are over 500. I am 12 of four in the money line this year. Uh, we didn't bet last week. I, I can't say I'm going to go three and one again this week. I think it's a little tricky. My advice to everybody is, when in doubt, take the home team. My advice to everyone is watch <laughs> a lot of soccer this week. Yeah, be absolutely. Some great matchups. We're getting back into it with Major League Soccer. And uh, next week, with the information we gain this week, we'll have a lot better uh, picks for you there. Um, you can go to ID Sports anytime and check our articles there. They release every Thursday night, so you can find our fresh sports book picks. We're going to talk about them here. You can go to youtube.com backslash i80sports. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you find us on your favorite podcast platform. Alex, any final words? No, I mean, MLS is back. Uh, United States Qualified World Cup. Things are good. Stay tuned next week. We're going to talk more about it. Life is good. Have a great week, everyone.